You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews-Akome. So let's get started. Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Comcast Rise. Comcast has launched a multi-year, multifaceted initiative designed to help strengthen small businesses owned by people of color who were hit hardest by the pandemic. I'm always looking for opportunities for you guys that go beyond just one-time funding and one-time donations and Comcast Rise does just that. I even recently won a technology grant for Side Hustle Pro. So apply, 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 okay? And I'd like you to hear from some of the other recipients of the amazing Comcast Rise grants. So here they are. Entrepreneurs have to have vision like Sabrina. My name is Sabrina Scott Pappas of ES Beverage. Confidence like Sigmund. My name is Sigmin Lee. I'm a owner of Hello Chicken Korean Restaurant. And purpose like Claudia. My name is Claudia Fitzwater. My dream was always to become a trainer. Project Body was open to help every woman to feel good. And you have to find resources to help you through tough times. COVID made commerce so tenuous. Right after we opened our doors, COVID shut us down. Over the last year, Comcast has awarded more than 4,700 business, marketing, and tech makeovers through the Comcast. Rise program. Now with the technology that Comcast Rise provided, we can reach women all around the world. Comcast Rise changed my life. They put me in a unique space where I could scale my own. Now my business is doing better than ever. Apply today at ComcastRise.com to help your rise. That's ComcastRise.com. Keep rising. Hey guys, welcome, welcome back to the show. It's Nikayla here. And today in the guest chair, we have an update episode with KJ Miller of Mented Cosmetics. Now, the first time we chatted with Mented, it was the year 2017. (laughs) I said that like it was a decade ago, but it's been a whole five years and so much has changed in that time. So I definitely had to have her back on the show to hear all about it. So if you don't know, KJ is the co-founder and CEO of Mented Cosmetics, a multi-million dollar beauty brand celebrating women of all hues. Since its 2017 launch, Mented has achieved rapid growth by helping women feel seen and empowered with its inclusive shade range. KJ led the company in securing over 9 million in venture funding and has been featured in several publications, including Forbes, Fast Company, and the New York Times for her authentic, relatable approach to entrepreneurship. Prior to founding Mented, KJ spent most of her career working in retail with a two-year hiatus to attend Harvard Business School, graduating in 2014. Her immense retail and product expertise spans across functions, including merchandising, assortment planning, and supply chain management. Outside of Mented, KJ has mentored and advised dozens of entrepreneurs, guest lectured at top-ranked business schools across the country, including Harvard Business School, Yale School of Management, and Columbia Business School, and created a groundbreaking course, Startup Starter Kit, that levels the entrepreneurial playing field and makes the business world accessible to all. In today's episode, we talk about the growth that has happened since we last spoke. We talk about all the ways that she's inspiring so many entrepreneurs. We talked about the real deal, things that she's had to do to scale her business 
business, how she's dealt with the frustrating fundraising process, and her approach to scaling her team, which allows her to feel relaxed as she hires new people and to not be stressed about the process. We get into this and so much more in today's episode, so let's jump right into it. Welcome back, KJ. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me back. Well, thank you for coming back. Last time we did this in 2017, we did not have video, so we did not get to see each other as we spoke. So this is really nice. And I am really looking forward to learning more about what you have been up to with Mented. So um, like I said, we last chatted in 2017. Around that time, you guys, you know, we're just still in the thick of new business life. Um, you'd gone through a round of fundraising. And now five years later, uh, <laughs> what's going on? What's been going on? <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. Everything really has did. changed. Everything has changed. It's it's crazy because startup years are a little like dog years, right? Mm-hmm. Like one year feels like 10 years in some ways. So yeah, I mean, the team looks completely different. Our operations look completely different. You know, it just, it all has changed a lot. So I'm, I'm happy to jump in wherever you'd like. Well, let's start with, okay. So in 2017, were you guys in any retailers yet? And if not, then how did you go about, you know, deciding on who to target first and then getting into your first retailer? So we were not. And in fact, we did not go into retail really um, for our first three years. Okay. And that that was purposeful. Um, we decided, you know, we wanted to focus on our dot-com business mm. because we wanted to be able to tell our story our way. We wanted to be able to, to sell our products our way. Um, we wanted to be able to, you know, think about promotions our way. We, we just didn't want any of that to be dictated for us. And of course, when you go into business with a retail partner, a, a lot of that is dictated. You know, they have a lot of expectations and, and you, they become your customer mm-hmm. and, you know, the customer is always right. You got You got to please your customer. And so, we just wanted for our first few years in business to really get to focus on our end customer because ultimately that's who we exist to serve. Right. Um, so that was, that was a purposeful decision. And we um, actually said no to one of our now partners for a couple of years before saying yes. So um, Target reached out pretty early and, you know, we said, one, we don't think we're operationally ready you know, we were still at that point early on, um, our warehouse was kind of this small mom and pop warehouse and, you know, absolutely <laughs> no shade to the small mom and pop warehouses. Um, cause they are the ones who got us through in those first two years, yep, yep. but you know, we, we couldn't go into target and service hundreds and hundreds of targets with a small mom and pop warehouse. So we didn't think we were operationally ready, but we also just weren't sure yet if it made sense from a brand perspective you know our price points are higher we're a premium brand so we had to we had to really make sure it made sense before we went into business with target and so we launched um with target at the very end of 2020 in just 50 doors okay um which you know for target is very small target has over 1800 stores so to launch in just 50 stores is very small but that's what we wanted. We wanted to crawl before we walked, before we ran. And we had heard so many stories 
of brands doing too much too fast. And we just did not want that to be our story. And did you so choose we launched cities at least or, you know, where you. Yeah. So we, we got to sort of like consult with our buyer on okay. what would make the most sense. And um, we were aligned on wanting to go into their most heavily um, African-American customer penetrated doors. Got it. Because, of course, our, our core customer is heavily African-American women. And so we, we knew that made sense. So. I think we launched in, I want to say maybe like November of 2020. Um, by February 2021, I think it was, they had us expanding to over 200 doors. Wow. So very quickly, Target said, we want to do more. Okay. Then by... Well, that, I mean, that's... Congratulations it, on it that. It was fantastic. <laughs> Fant- <means> you know... <laughs> the, <laughs> the performance it, was really good. Exactly. Exactly. And then by the end of 2021, we were in 300 targets. Um, and then this year, the beginning of this year, they rolled us out to over 500 targets. So we're now wow. in over 500 target doors, which is fantastic. But it's because we did exactly what we said we wanted to do, which was crawl, walk, run. And now, of course, we have our sights on even more doors, but we're mm-hmm. very happy with where we are because we're trying to learn, you know. Yeah. Um, so we're in Target and we are also now in um, about 400 Altas. And we did a very similar thing there. So um, we're just, we're very excited about the retailers we've partnered with. We're very excited that they've um, partnered with us and Mm -hmm. have been willing to be with us on this journey to crawl, walk, run. Yeah. Um, Because not, not everyone is. So yeah, it's, it's been quite a journey. You know, what's crazy. I, could have sworn that I had seen you guys <laughs> targets before 2020. That's the craziest part. Like it just <laughs> felt like I see Mensit a lot. And I'm always, you know, because we spoke in 2017. So I'm always like, they're doing so great. Oh my God. I'm so proud of them. Oh my goodness. Like, so it's so amazing that you did that while you were in-house. Like we are going to just focus on being direct to consumer for as long as possible. What did you learn from that process from handling fulfillment that way? And, and, and before going into any big box retailers, what did you really fine tune? Oh man, I learned so much. And I still say, even though now our retail business is, is a really big chunk of our overall business. I mm-hmm. still say that .com is and always will be our engine for growth. Um, because what I've learned is, you know, our customers are going to speak to us directly okay. and um, they're going to let us know everything we need to know about how to reach out in terms of products, what products they want, how they want to be messaged to, mm-hmm. how they want to be considered, mm-hmm. how they want to think about loyalty, you know, and re- rewards programs, what stores they want to see us in, how they want to uh, interact with us in person, what other sorts of brands we should be partnering with. You know, I, I just, I learn everything from speaking with our customers. And it is very hard to speak with your customers directly in retail. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that you can't do it. It's just very difficult to do. 
that's what I've learned, you know, and I've learned the power of speaking to your customer directly. And every time I get the opportunity, I'm so grateful. Um, so that's why I say no matter what, it's going to continue to be the engine of our growth. Speaking of growth, so you recently launched a primer. And I remember when you guys were focusing on lips primarily, right? Like it was mm-hmm. the nude lip glosses and that was the big problem you were solving at first. At what point did you decide to expand um, across the entire face, the entire body? And, you know, how did you go about developing those new products? Yeah. So, I mean, from the very beginning, we knew minted, um, which, you know, as a reminder, everyone is is short for pigmented. Um, We knew minted was going to be a beauty brand focused on all facets of beauty, Mm -hmm. um, particularly as it relates to color cosmetics. But lips was our starting point. So we always knew we were going to work our way to cheek products, eye products, complexion products, the brow products, eyelash products, all of it. (laughs) Um, So the question really was, what makes sense when? And also, what can we afford to do? What do we have the resources to do? So complexion products were always what we sort of wanted to do the most. Mm -hmm. But complexion products are also the most expensive products to um, produce from a product development standpoint Um, and the most crucial to get right because people aren't going to give you another crack at it if you get it wrong. And so we launched our foundation in 2019 and thank God our customer has loved it. It is our number one selling category. So, you know, we, we sell a whole lot of our skin by minted foundation. Yes. Um, so we launched I that in 2019. Mix, by the way, that is, and I'm so glad Thank it's the best you. selling, like, you know, part of your, your line because yeah, I love the sticks. So. Thank you. I, I love it too. I just threw mine on before we got on camera because <laughs> I was like, I don't know if this is going to be shown to people. I don't know. So let, me, <laughs> let me put on some makeup. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it is our number one selling category. Our customer loves it. And you know, but we didn't have a primer to go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that partially is my fault because now that I'm realizing how well this primer is doing, I am kicking myself that it took us so long to launch one, yeah. but I never wore primer. And so it was a total blind spot for me because I was thinking of it as like this kind of niche product. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, the, like the makeup girls wear primer, right. like the girls who really understand makeup, they wear primer, but most of us don't wear primer. And by the way, that might be true. It might Mm -hmm. be true that like most people don't wear primer, but the people who do are like obsessive about it. And when I tell you, (laughs) we have moved through this primer so quickly. I've never placed a reorder as quickly for any product as I have for this primer. So yeah, you know, what's guided our product development process has always been One, what's missing for her? What do we have a real point of view on based on what our core customer is missing? Um, And two, what do we have the resources to do well? Because I don't have unlimited resources. So that's that's really what guides our, our product development process. And in that, how do you make sure that what you are developing is really what people are going to buy? Because we hear so much about customers who say one thing and want the other or you know you develop something and everyone said they wanted it and then you drop it and it doesn't move as quickly as you thought it would (laughs) so how do you kind of do 
Do you pre-sell? What do you do to make sure that it's actually going to sell? That is the million dollar question. And (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, it's, it's, it's tricky because exactly to your point, Mm -hmm. if you ask customers what they want next, like if I, if I survey and I do, I survey our customers all the time. We we survey our customers all the time. What do you want to see next from it? First of all, they're going to say everything, (laughs) every, every product, every makeup product that exists, someone will mention it. Okay. So, and, and, and the reason why is because if you, if you, if you love a makeup brand, why don't, why wouldn't you want XYZ product, right? Why wouldn't you want your eyeliner to come from them? Why wouldn't you want, you know, whatever it is, special thing that you're, you're using from some other brand to make. And I get that. Yep. For, and, and actually I'll bring up the eyeliner point because eyeliner is one of the things we get requested for more than anything. Really? Okay. And that makes sense on the one hand, because we don't currently make eyeliner and most people who wear makeup wear eyeliner. So if you purchase from our brand and you like our brand, it makes sense that you'd be like, why don't y'all have eyeliner, right? On the other hand, if you think about our brand ethos, which is, you know, we are color experts. We are developing pigments that are going to work expertly for you. I have a hard time figuring out what I'm going to do in the eyeliner space that hasn't already been done. So that doesn't mean I'm never going to launch an eyeliner. Eventually, 100%, I will to complete the collection. But I'm still early enough in the life of this company that every product I make has to have a real reason for being. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for me to say this eyeliner is going to be so different from all these other eyeliners you've got. I know you want one because you you love minted and you want to be able to buy your eyeliner from minted. Uh-huh. But I need to be able to say, this is the reason that I launched this eyeliner. And right okay. now at this very moment, I don't know if I have that reason. Um, so, so to your point, customers will say they want mm-hmm. a thing and that thing isn't always the thing you need to launch because right, of what right. makes sense for your brand. Conversely, um, customers won't say they want a thing, but you'll launch that thing and it'll do really well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's difficult. And that's why I've developed my framework of looking at what's missing, because if it's missing for her, then I feel pretty confident that there's going to be a customer who will, who's, who'll try mine. Right. If I, if, if it's truly missing, uh-huh. then I feel pretty confident that, okay. that I can convince her to try mine. Let's talk about social media marketing because you guys were so good at that, are still so good at that. You know, it's one of the first places I started to hear about Mented. Like, wow, there's a line coming out that is for us. It's, you know, it's by these two awesome Black women. Now, what steps did you take to build this large, loyal following? Yeah, well, I would say we've done two things well. The first is posting consistently from the very beginning. So literally from the very beginning when we had 20 followers, we posted every single day. Now we post every day, multiple times a day. But in the beginning, we posted every day, once a day. Um, and just to Instagram. Now we post every day, multiple times a day to Instagram, (laughs) Facebook, uh, Pinterest, Twitter, and TikTok. And I assume you have a Um, team now. So before it was you, or just, you know, you and and Amanda, but now it's like, you got a team to do that. We've got interns who also help us out. Um, but we were consistent from literally day one. Uh So consistency matters. 
it matters not just to the people who are following you, but it also matters to the algorithm, yeah. right? Because then the algorithms start to understand, oh, this account is creating content that people are consistently engaging with. So let me show it to more people so that more people can see this content that people seem to like. So algorithms can only start to learn that if you're posting consistently enough for them to pick up to pick up on that, right? So we, we posted consistently from the very beginning. Um, and the second thing was we engaged consistently from the very beginning. So mm-hmm. if you commented, we commented back. If you if you commented, we liked it, and we and you know we would drop a heart. We would say thanks, sis. We would say you know we would we would always always engage. We would if you DM'd us, we would always reply, and that's still true today, which keeps you know my team very busy because <laughs> a lot of <laughs> a lot of people comment, a, a lot, lot more of people DM, DM these days. Exactly, um, but from the very beginning, and we and we don't slack on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some people and some brands discount how how important that is, but it's incredibly important. And, and those are the two things I think we've, we've always done well. The third is I see accounts that are so polished mm-hmm. where everything is the same color for, you know, as beautiful as that is. And it is beautiful. Yeah. It also comes across as so corporate. Yes. Right. And yes. I think if you look at our account, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's a brand account, but it also feels real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels like it's run by humans and (laughs) i I think and the people that it represents you know like it's not like exactly it's the the actual voice behind it that it represents exactly exactly so that those are some of the things that i really think have have mattered and have helped us grow and then you know another thing with your account too it can be hard sometimes for um, beauty brands who are starting out to figure out what to post. People often ask me, what, but what do I post? And should I just post on my personal page because I have more followers? But, you know, you have figured out a way to really reach that target customer. So in terms of what you were posting in those early days, do you remember, do you remember like how you were able to um, create content while also highlighting the products that you were creating or about to create? Yeah, so, you know, we take... um data and analytics pretty seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's across the board. And, and that relates to our social media as well. So we look at for every post, how it performs and we group our posts by type. So okay. is it a product post? Is it a UGC post, okay. uh, which is user generated content? Is it an influencer post? Is it, um, a quote card post? Is it, you know, we have all these different types. Is it a model post? Yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. We have a bunch of different types and we, and we look at how does each type of content perform? Mm-hmm. Um, how many likes, how many um, reposts, how many, how, how many comments, so on and so forth. Based on that, we then create our grid. Uh-huh. So the grid says every week we're going to have this many of this type. So two quote cards, three model shots, four product shots. By the way, this isn't the actual grid. (laughs) If my my marketing team were listening, they'd be like, girl, that ain't it. That's wrong. wrong." Okay, so I'm just giving examples here. Um, But whatever, whatever, we create the grid and the the grid is based on what we have seen works well. And by the way, it's not stagnant. So we're sometimes updating that Mm -hmm. grid. We're saying, look, 
the algorithms change. The algorithm doesn't like quote cards as much anymore. So we're dropping it back. We're only going to do one quote card a month, right? Or whatever it is. So um, we are constantly looking and seeing what's working, but we do have a grid that we're working off of so that, you know, it's not just like, scrambling every day. The team isn't like, Oh my God, Oh my God, what do I post? What do I post? No, we have, you know, you know, we have a, a, a grid that we're sort of following, but I will say, um, you know, we are now in a place where we're trying to figure out a new platform, which for us is TikTok. TikTok is of new course. for us. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've built a pretty large following on, you know, Instagram and, and Facebook and not a, not a huge following mm-hmm. on YouTube, but definitely a loyal one. And TikTok is new. So I think by last count, maybe we had like 1200 followers on TikTok. So that's, that's very small, right? And so we are figuring out what sort of content works on that platform and what is it that people, you know, there want to see. So we're, we're in the same boat as, as brands that are just getting started yeah. right now and, and, and figuring that out. So I never want any, any one brand or any one founder to feel like, oh, every brand that's been around for a while has such a huge leg up on me because that's not the case. There are always new platforms popping up that even if you've been around, been around for a long time, exactly. people are having to figure out. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, there's always going to be a new platform and everyone has to start from the ground up and figure out their voice on that platform. Like you might have a brand voice, but the platform is different. You know, short form is much different than a photo or a video you know so it's really getting the hang of that so your content makes sense otherwise it's going to be like what are they trying to do don't they know we don't do that over here <laughs> right right exactly so switching gears a little bit now i want to talk about the the whole aspect of raising money so mm-hmm. you know going after funds and capital is something you are always focused on from day 1 because you know that it requires money to build the kind of brand that you are building um so now i think you've raised over 9 million is that so what sure. was that process like you know how many people did you have to pitch how many investors did you bring on <laughs> um yeah i've lost count of exactly <laughs> how many people i've pitched over the years yeah. but certainly it's you know it's over 100 different firms yep um this this last round though you know it, it the number of people you have to pitch with each round uh-huh. typically does shrink so yep. this last round was our our series a that was a five million dollar round okay um and you know i i probably had serious conversations with maybe 10 15 firms Mm -hmm. so you know nothing like our first round where i spoke to 40 or 50 firms maybe more um but it still was just as grueling because at Mm -hmm. this stage you know, they want to see much more. The due, the, the due diligence is much more robust and you get much farther down the line with people before they say no, oh. uh, which is just ex- incredibly frustrating. Yeah. And so, and it takes you away from your team and from your work. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it is the part of the job I, I hate the most because it just, it doesn't always feel value add. Mm-hmm. Obviously it is like yeah. having cash in the bank. Is right. <laughs> and when do you additive. decide that you need to do another round? Like when did you decide um, how mm-hmm. to space it out when you wanted to go after another round? 
it all comes down to your cash runway. So mm -hmm. I'm always, always looking at how many months of cash do I have on hand? And in the typical rule of thumb is you really don't want to let yourself get to less than six months okay. of cash on hand. And then you think about how long is it going to take me to close around? So, you know, most people will say it's probably going to take around three months. So when you get to that nine to 12 month yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mark is when you probably want to start your raise. Now I did that. Um, but then had a baby in between. I was just thinking like, were you pregnant during this time? Were you like pitching shortly after getting out of the hospital? Like what was yeah. that timeline? Yeah. So the timeline was all wonky because I started raising January, 2021 mm -hmm. thinking, now I don't know why I did it like this. This was just pure craziness. My daughter was due April, 2021. Wow. So I was thinking, I'm going to wrap this up in March <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I'm going to go on maternity leave. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I'm going yeah. to wrap up this little round. What, and then was this also, were free. you thinking this because of like, were things more virtual now? So it's, you're like, okay, I don't have to travel as much. So yeah, things okay. are right. Things are more virtual. So yeah. And you know, and we had had a really good 2020 mm -hmm. and I had a lot of inbound interest in this round. So I'm thinking this is going to be, you know, cake. So, you know, and, and I had at the end of 2020 already started like informal conversations because I had a lot of inbound interest. So I had sort of put, put people on ice as they had reached out. I was like, yeah, okay. I know you're interested. Like I'm going to have, I'm having a nice holiday. Well, I'll talk to you in January. Right? <laughs> yep. I'm thinking this is going to be wrapped up with the bow by March. No problem. Right. And then Don't we'll go have my baby. just did in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> right. You, you see the growth. This is going to be easy. <laughs> um, well, conversations did not go exactly the way I thought. It's not that they were bad. It's mm -hmm. just that they were slow. Mm. And, and so um, and my daughter came early. So she was due in April, but she was born in March. Wow. And by March, I didn't have a, a lead signed on yet. So I had a lot of interest, but no firm like, yep, mm -hmm. we're the lead. This is the term sheet. It's a go. Mm -hmm. So if I hadn't had the baby right then, probably I would have gotten to a term sheet by April right, right, and, you know, then closed everything up, but I had the baby in March. And then I said, I mean, honestly, not to be crass. I said, fuck it. I'm not going to be here trying to take care of my child and messing with you hoes. <laughs> That's honestly how I felt. <laughs> I feel you on that. I mean, that is how. I mean, come on, you just had a kid. What was taking them so long? I'm getting. I'm this, getting mad now. Well, on behalf of okay, you because and I was and I was getting mad and I was getting mad. Like, and so basically, to be completely honest with you, mm -hmm. I really think it was because I'm a black woman, and I think when you're a woman of color, raising is much harder. And I think if I had been a white woman walking in to these rooms or virtual rooms with our numbers. And our back, our track record. Yep. I definitely think the deal would have gotten done by March. Yep. But when you look like us, you have to work a thousand times harder. Right. And I mean, truly, because yeah. I was having conversations with my investors who were already on board, and they were like, "Really? Like this is still going on? Like yeah. this hasn't?" And I'm like, "Yeah." 
and they're looking at my data room. They're looking at, they're like, I don't get it. And I'm like, I don't get it either. But I'm going to tell you this, I'm going on maternity leave. Yes. I have this Good. child, you know, I'm a first time mom. I'm yeah. not, I'm not playing these games. So I did. And I literally for three full months, all of April, all of May, all of June, I did not talk to one investor. I did not send out one, <laughs> one deck to anybody. I said, no, no, no. I literally am not doing this. So I'll holler at y'all in July. <laughs> okay. okay. So and what happened in July? Like, were they, did they right. come to their senses a little bit more or was it still um, dragged out? Yeah. So in July, people came to their senses. So basically by end of July, I had a term sheet and then we spent August doing all the stuff with the lawyers that you have to do. Like once you have a term sheet, yeah. your deal's pretty much done, but then the lawyers got to do this, that, and the third. And so then we closed, but yeah, it, it, it shouldn't have taken the time it took, um, but it did. And um, so that, but that meant what I thought was going to be a three month process was like a seven month process. Mm-hmm. And we almost ran out of cash. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, yeah. And that sucks, but <laughs> no, <laughs> it's real. Many thanks to Faraday for sponsoring today's episode. Now, if you're like me, you're probably over the spring because one minute it's hot, one minute it's cold, and I have no idea what to wear. But luckily, Faraday makes it way easier. They make the perfect clothes for all seasons. Faraday is a family-run brand making high-quality, timeless clothing with modern design and functionality. It's that kind of effortless style you want every time so you don't have to go digging through your closet, right? And I love how beautiful their prints and fabrics are and how easy it is to layer. And Faraday is so confident in the quality of their stuff. They have a lifetime guarantee of quality and they'll replace or fix your clothes forever, no matter what. Talk about making it easier to get dressed. And right now, Faraday is giving all Side Hustle Pro listeners 20% off, 20% off. Just head over to FaradayBrand.com slash HustlePro and use code HustlePro at checkout to snag 20% off all your new spring staples. That's code HustlePro at Faraday. That's F-A-H-E-R-T-Y Brand.com slash HustlePro for 20% off. Again, one last time, FaradayBrand.com slash hustle pro talk to us about like the yeah let's get transparent about the actual what you use the funds for right so you are obviously paying your team and at this point are you saying okay i know i want to bring on x more team members i want to build out this department or we're about to uh, launched XYZ products in August and I need to pay for this much inventory. And that's kind of hard when money is up in the air. So how were you planning out your finances with so much up in the air? Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> and I think a lot of founders will be able to relate to this. Yeah. Some of it you're doing on hope, faith, and a prayer. You know, you're sort of like, well, I believe I'm going to close this round. So I'm going to go ahead and plan for these things. I'm going to go ahead and and plan it like it's going to happen because I believe it's going to happen. And that's a scary space to operate in. Mm -hmm. Um, But at this point, I'm so used to operating in that space. It's (laughs) been it's been five years. And so if I if I didn't know how to operate in the space of like cross my fingers and hope 
and hope we get to where we need to be, yeah. I, I would not be here. You know, because there just aren't a lot of guarantees in startup land. No. There aren't a lot of, um, oh, for sure, this is going to work out the way we planned it. That yeah. that just happens so infrequently in startup world. So you just learn to plan it like it is going to work out and then deal with it, deal with the aftermath on the other end if it doesn't work out. That's what I've learned. Now, you have obviously scaled your team a great deal since we last chatted in 2017. How many employees do you have now? We are now a team of 16. Okay. And so how do you approach (laughs) trusting outsiders to grow your baby, to take things off your plate that you once ran and had, you know, complete oversight over day in and day out? Yeah, you know, it gets way, way, way easier to trust others um, when you hire really smart people. And that is what I have been focused on, um, particularly since I've returned from maternity leave. Um, I have just been focused on hiring the absolute best talent I can afford. And honestly, sometimes people I can't really afford. (laughs) And again, just stepping out on faith that we're going to make enough money for me to be able to afford them because I need them. And so it becomes much easier to, to trust when you know you're hiring really fantastic people. And that's what I've done. My team is, is so amazing. So smart. They, they work hard, they work fast, they work creatively, and they're ambitious and, you know, just excited to get it done. And so that makes it easy to hand it over. Honestly, I feel I all the time, I, I, it is my goal. It is always my goal whenever I'm hiring for any role to do my best to hire someone who's smarter than me at that thing. You know, Mm -hmm. like that, that's always my role, particularly if I'm hiring, you know, someone at a senior level but even right. if I'm hiring someone a bit more junior, I'm hoping they're smarter at me in the thing I'm hiring them for, you know? So th- maybe they're not smarter at me than e- everything, but yeah, yeah. for the thing I'm hiring them for, I'm, I really am hoping that. And, and that yeah. is, I mean, that is literally always my goal. And Are I you can, doing the hiring or have you outsourced that as well? I'm still, I still interview every person who makes it onto the team. I think we're still, you know, we're a team of 16. I think once we get past like 25, 30 folks, Mm -hmm. I might not be able to interview every single person. But right now, I think right now we still can. I'm not now, Mm -hmm. now, now as my team knows. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the last interview. Like I'm the person, like when you feel really good about that candidate. Okay, right. You're not wasting your time. (laughs) You got to feel really good (laughs) about them before they interview with me. But yes, everyone still interviews with me. Right, right. And, you know, I would be remiss. So you obviously, when you guys came on, it was two of you guys. I understand Amanda's now on the board. So how did you guys, you know, uh, work through that transition and decide how to go about that? Yeah, you know, it was one of the toughest, but best things, I think, for both of us. I had a conversation. This was, uh, I think, December 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, when I sort of <laughs> sat down with Amanda, I think it was December, 2020, something like that, sat down with Amanda 
and with our lead investor, because we had these, like, we always have these biweekly meetings and basically said like, so I kind of want to touch base on, on where you are. This was to Amanda and what you're feeling, because I've sort of been feeling like maybe you're in a little burnt out or maybe even a little checked out. I I don't know if that's true. I don't want to presume I'm, that's sort of what I'm picking up, but maybe I'm picking it up wrong. And she very honestly and candidly was like, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really burned out. I'm just, I'm feeling really burned out. And I think I might be reaching the point where it makes sense for me to move on to my next thing. And, you know, that was just, it was so hard. It just was so hard because, you know, Amanda's one of my best friends in the entire world and building this company with her has been a dream come true. And, you know, and the brand is, it's what we dreamed up together. Um, So it was just really hard, but we had just a really honest conversation about where she was and where she wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think it's just a credit to her and, and to our relationship that we were able to have a really honest and difficult conversation um, and, and, and get to a place where she was able to, to transition um, out of her role as uh, COO and mm-hmm. into, you know, her next chapter. So, um, yeah, you know, I, That's it's real. still... Yeah, yeah. It's, I can I'm, tell I'm, it's still, you know, it's still, it's still, um, you know, um, so hard for you guys. And I, you know, I thank you for sharing that with us. And I think people need to hear that because there might be people who are on this journey right now who started with one of their dear friends, as we tend to do, right? When we're, when we're starting things, we tend to share and, and build with those closest to us, which can make it so hard when, as life does, it takes us on different paths. Um, I'll never forget, you know, one of the most memorable things, I don't even know what class it was, but from business school <laughs> was talking about how hard it is, to, um, partnerships, you know, and how I, I don't know, some crazy statistic, like 95% of them, like mergers, mergers and acquisitions, you know, um, how they tend to fall apart and not talking about you guys here, right. (laughs) But just follow along with me guys, Mm -hmm. how, you know, whenever you're thinking of partnering, like it is really a marriage and, um, in order to stay married, like you're, you really have to, like your life paths really have to continue to intersect as you go through so many different things and it's hard. And, and so I, I think, you know, what you guys have done so tastefully, maturely, respectfully to, to have that conversation while continuing to have relationship both personally and professionally is um, encouraging for others to see. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, she's so, great at what she does in so many ways. And I would never want to be someone who stood in her way of getting to do the things she wanted to do next, you know, so getting to see her excel and, you know, and whatever she chooses to do is really exciting for me. So yeah, yeah, I I love that our story gets to continue to be one of being really Mm -hmm. great friends because a lot of founder relationships end very terribly and acrimoniously and and that's not ours right so i'm i'm super excited about that and how do you take care of yourself so that you aren't burnt out i mean you mentioned taking a maternity leave which i'm glad to hear and you know how else are you because i imagine it 
could feel like, wow, I'm taking on so much more. I'm the sole founder, left standing kind of a thing, you know? How mm-hmm. do you make sure to not burn out yourself? Well, so I, I, one of the first things I did and my board really encouraged this was they said, KJ, you have to get a senior leadership team because I really didn't have one. Yeah. Um, so when I talked about, you know, bringing on talent that I couldn't quite afford, that's, that's what I was referring to. Okay. And so I've, I've done that. I've brought on a senior leadership team. They are fantastic. And it has truly been life-changing, game-changing, because then there are more things you can hand over. It doesn't mean I don't care about them anymore. It doesn't mean I don't think about them anymore. It just means I'm not the only one stressed and anxious all day and all night, you know, trying to figure it out. And when you say senior Um, leadership, like what particular roles are you talking about? Because you're still the CEO, right? So you're talking about a CMO, um, another Um, COO, So what I have is a head of finance. I didn't have Mm -hmm. a head of finance before. I have a head of growth um, and I have a head of brand. So those are my senior leaders uh, as of right now. I don't have another COO yet. I do have an operations lead, um, but I don't have a COO as of yet. But yeah, I, it, it, it does make a big difference. So that's, that's one thing on the work side. The other thing on the personal side is, uh-huh. um, you know, my husband and I still make time for just the two of us. So, you know, we go on regular date nights, we book vacations, just the two of us. Um, and that's really, really, really important to me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of the things I said before we had a kid, you know, I was always more reluctant about having kids. He wanted to have a kid <laughs> since, <laughs> since the dawn of time. He's wanted to be a dad and he's like yeah. the world's best dad. And I was very, very like not on board with having kids for a long time. And before we did, I, you know, I told him, I was like, I really like me and you. And, mm. and I'm really scared about losing me and you, mm. you know, or neglecting me and you. Um, so that's something that he and I are very committed to is making time for the two of us. And that helps me a lot. And you also mentioned the having a board and I, and I just keep thinking like, when did this board come to be? At what stage did you bring on a board? (laughs) Yeah. Having a board, um, is, is, is pretty great. So yeah. we, we've had a board for actually a pretty long time, ever since we raised our seed round, which okay. was in 2018. Um, okay. But it was small. It was just yeah. me, Amanda, and our lead investor. Um, okay. So it didn't become the five-person board it is today until we closed the Series A last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I like it more, actually, as a larger board. Yeah. I was nervous that I wouldn't, but as it became larger, it became more formal. And even though that can be tough, um, it sort of forces you to, you know, level up. And and I've appreciated that. I like that a lot. Um, So, you know, before we head into the lightning round, um, is there anything coming up that you want to share with the audience about, you know, what Mented has planned or tell us more about what you just launched? Uh, yeah, let's see. What can I share? What can I share? Um, well, I will say if you haven't tried our primer, it is a mattifying and blurring primer stick. 
And Ooh, I could have used that today. Look at this shine, is, guys. <laughs> it is phenomenal and it is it. it is going to sell out. So I just I don't want anyone DMing me mad yes. because it's sold yes. out because I'm telling you now yes. it's gonna sell out. So I will uh-huh. say that our next launch isn't coming until August, but when it comes, baby. Okay. Y'all are going to be excited. So that's that's what I'll say about what's coming. And the other thing I'll say is um, we're hoping to do our first in-person event since um, February 2020. That's the last in-person event Uh we did. Um, We're hoping to do that this summer. So, you know, join our email list or stay tuned on social to find out about that. Will it be on the West Coast or? Um, it will probably be on the East Coast. East Coast. Okay. Yeah. So fun facts, just you guys, I, I actually am a huge Mensed fan. So I wear mauve over. Mauve over. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like almost every day. Like, like anytime you see me on one of these interviews, I'm probably wearing that. And then the eyeshadow kit, like that palette. Yes. That palette is a is like a must, a staple in everyone's makeup kit. So you guys, if you haven't tried Mented already, like Oh, thank you. Ooh, yeah, it is really good. And so, like I said, anytime I see you guys, I'm just so, so happy for you. So I, you know, always whatever I can do to support, I'm here for it. Now we're gonna jump into the lightning round. Are you ready? Just um, answer the first thing that comes to mind. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Okay. What is one of your favorite resources these days, you know, that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Oh, TikTok. I learned oh. I learned so much on TikTok. I mean, Me too, I also waste a lot of time on TikTok, but I learn a lot on TikTok. It is super informative. Yes. You know, don't want to interrupt the lightning round, but being able to get that info so quick, mm-hmm. love it. Okay, number two, what is, you know, the best business book or podcast episode or live event, you know, that you have consumed recently? I really enjoyed um, the How I Built This about the McBride sisters. He had them on and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's interesting. And it was, it was, I think the only time it was a two-part episode because their story is just so interesting and compelling and like it's good it's worth listening to. okay number three what's a non-negotiable part of your day coffee <laughs> <laughs> number four um what is a personal habit that has helped you significantly in your business so i do 360 reviews hmm. where i let my team review me and it has helped me tremendously. Hmm. I get the sense not a lot of CEOs do this from how my team (laughs) reacts. Whenever I get new people on the team, they're like, oh my God. Because not only do I do it, but then I present the feedback back to them. So they know like, this is what you, this is what you guys and I heard it and and this is what I'm going to do. Right. Like these are my action items. Hmm. Um, And it's, it is, very helpful. That is, uh, you know, it's brave, but we should all toughen up and do that. So do you do it anonymously or is it like, you know, you have to tell me to my face? (laughs) No, no. Yeah, that would be, yeah, no. Uh, So what they do is they meet with uh, an investor. Okay. And so um, they give the feedback on me to the investor. The investor then 
summarizes it. Okay. And then I meet with my investor and they tell me. Ah, okay. Okay. So, you know, that keeps it very professional. And then finally, what is your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss, but are scared of everything that comes with entrepreneurship? <laughs> yeah, I, I gave this piece of advice recently on my TikTok. Ah. So I would invite all of you to follow me if you so choose. Um, it is I am underscore KJ Miller okay. on TikTok. Um, so my advice is think of the most paired back version of whatever it is you are interested in offering. If it's a product, if it's a service, whatever it is, think of the most paired back version of it and then do that thing. Mm. Like do it today. Don't delay. So for instance, if it's, you know, a service, if it's, you know, a hair salon, instead of feeling like I don't want to quit my job and open up a whole hair salon, <laughs> then, right, then um, book out an Airbnb uh-huh. for a weekend yep. and invite 10 mommy friends uh-huh. to come get the hair done. Yep. And you and one other stylist, you know, hire her for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And give appointments for the weekend and then survey everyone who comes and books an appointment for the weekend and ask them what they thought of their style, what they thought of the service, how much they, they would pay or if, you, or if you did charge them, what, you know, how they felt about the price, whatever it is. Like just, just really think through what is the most pared back version of this that I could offer right now. Uh-huh. And then do it, do that. And then that, that at the very least is going to start to give you some feedback and it's going to start to give you some confidence mm. in whether or not this is a thing that you should move forward with. So I talk about it a little bit more in my TikTok, but yeah, I, I think there probably is a, a paired back version yes. of it you could do today. That is the best advice, KJ. That is that right there. I hope everyone takes that and actually does it. Okay. Like start. What did you say? Start today. Don't delay. <laughs> That's okay. That's I love okay. it. <laughs> so where can people connect with you and Mented Cosmetics after this episode? Yes, please go to mintedcosmetics.com um, or follow us on every channel. It's at Minted Cosmetics. All right, guys. And there you have it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other side hustlers just like you to find the show. And if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Side Hustle Pro. Plus, sign up for my six-foot Saturday newsletter at sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter. When you sign up, you'll receive weekly nuggets from me, including what I'm up to, personal lessons, and my business tip of the week. Again, that's sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon.